click record and three two one thank you for listening to comics for fun and profit this is uh eric and drew uh with this episode kyle is uh off somewhere uh, Eric has theories um, on where he might be, but I, I can't really divulge that information. So, yeah, it's that corporate whistleblower thing. I'm pretty sure it's witness protection. Pretty sure he's he's 99 sure that that's what's going on. I, um, I think code for <laughs> new house was actually away in Montana. <laughs> Uh, uh, our friends in montana that listen you know no no disparaging no just know that we think that that would be a safe place to hide (laughs) that would be a good place to hide lots of land lots and lots of land well we've got uh, some interesting news um we thought comic numbers had gone the way of the dodo and we were no longer going to see sales numbers anymore from anyone um uh, Lunar keeps theirs pretty close to the vest. Uh, doesn't share a lot of those, and occasionally they'll leak one if if they like it. Um, we're not sure what Random Penguin Random House is doing, but Diamond woke up from its long year long slumber and decided to release uh, their data, and we've got some people crunching those numbers and uh, getting them out to people and we're seeing some numbers and i think the comicron guy actually does some estimates of dc i don't know where he comes up with it um where he just kind of like shoehorns dc numbers in um but they're not really based on anything legit that i that i can fat suss out when i look look at where his his information is coming from um but uh, what we do have concrete-wise is uh, Venom just going bonkers uh, at the top of the, the list with... Um, oh, I've lost my numbers here. Hold on. Uh, what was the number? Ah, there it is. Venom 35. Uh, 200, yep. 282,000 uh, units for Venom. And um, uh, that's the, the 200th issue um we know it was uh going to sell pretty well but i didn't know it was going to sell that well did you did you see that coming with a ten dollar book yeah absolutely uh, with the artist that they put on it um it, it definitely was going to be a big one there was multiple covers it's a ten dollar book um but it was definitely prestige format and just like the second place book spawn universe which um by the numbers here, sold 204,000. Again, you had an all-star list of, of creators doing covers, uh, you know, milestone issues, first issue for Spawn Universe, 200th issue for Venom. Uh, so these are big things, and you just take those two items and multiply them by the cover price. It's a significant component of this month's numbers. I mean, 10% of the oh, yeah. red bar the all but DC, 10% of that is Venom alone, right? Because that's 2.8 million by the time you do the math. And then if you do the math for Spawn Universe, which I can vamp long enough to type, that's another 1.23 million. 
So, yeah. you know, you're at 30% or more of just the, the red bar there is in two titles. Um, so, you know, take that for what it is. Um, are, are comics selling better than they have ever before? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what we talked about a couple of weeks ago when I was on, um, was that we'd said we've had the best, um, the best start to a year ever. Uh, comics are up. People are interested in the properties and it's a mix of a lot of things. It's a mix of people that came back to comics during the pandemic because they couldn't go out and spend their entertainment money somewhere else. Um, that stuff is slowly starting to come back, but still not what it was. And people have been hooked. You've got, you know, people that have been getting additional monies for, um, whatever purpose it may be, unemployment, things like that. Uh, and, and they're choosing to spend some of their extra money at the store, and then you've got the speculators, and that market has boomed as the secondary market went completely ballistic. Same with sports cards and pretty much every other collectible item during the pandemic. Uh, so you have more people coming in from that. So everything is up, which you know is is great. Really, that's the end game. It, there's a, a, an argument that can be made for speculators versus readers, and um, for me, it all comes down to for selling books and removing units. There's more in the in the ecosystem and that's ultimately the goal yeah yeah it sounds like there's enough of a percentage of people that maybe dipped their toe back into comics over the last year and a half and uh liked what they saw and maybe and continue to come back so that's great we've been trying to figure out ways to get people to read comics for the 10 years prior to the pandemic. And, you know, we were, we're going, woe is me and sky is falling and Oh, what's going to happen to the industry? Well, I think the industry's uh, getting healthy and, um, you know, new, new people are coming into it for whatever reason. And hopefully they're staying because they're enjoy what they read. Yeah. And I think that the real, the real proof of the pudding is going to be give, give it a year to 18 months from now. And then we'll kind of see if numbers go back down to where they were kind of pre pandemic, then we're going to know that it was obviously an artificial inflation. Um, the other thing that's really tough with some of these charts is that they can only report the realistic data that's provided. And that is the cover prices. Um, you know, if there was to be some normalization over these things with average cover price and things like that, maybe we would see the bars adjust a little bit. But, you know, by and large, you got to remember, most DC books are now in that $4.99 range, then $5.99 if you've got the cardstock cover. You know, Marvel has pretty much line-wide gone to $4.99 for all number ones. And then for anything that's over kind of their standard amount of pages, it's going to be four, five, or $6.99. One shots are between five ninety nine and nine ninety nine for them, um, and even a lot of the books kind of going towards the back half um, are starting to creep up higher as well. So you're seeing an overall price inflation, uh, and I think that's bearing out in the marketplace of dollars that we're seeing too. And then the other thing, I guess, one more thing to for store owners more than anybody else to really think about is as prices go up, um, you know, the margin. If it stays the same, you're going to make a little bit more money. 
um, because, you know, 50% margin or 40% margin on the book, you're going to get a few extra pennies. But now we've got other distributors coming in like Penguin Random House that are going to reset a lot of people's discounts. So just a lot of things happening. Um, it's good to see the numbers come back. It's interesting to see where the market is, but I would like to see a little bit further work to help understand the data to, to show year over year health, not just dollars. You know, what is it as far as, um, you know, how many, what's the average dollar per unit? So one of the things that James and I do when we look at our, our sales and we compare them, whether it's year over year for a month or, you know, actually what we do is we do a rolling, um, five year thing. So we'll look at June of 2021, 2020, 2019, 2018, 2017. And we'll look at a few key categories like new comics, trades, gaming, um, things like that. And we'll look at units sold and the total dollars that were, were sold for that. And we'll do a per unit average. And there's a couple of things that we like to see over time. We like to see a steady uh, growth of units sold which obviously correlates, should correlate to total dollars, but we also can start to then track trends. And one of the trends that we are definitely seeing is that the average price per unit is going up. And that bears itself out oh, in yeah. two ways. It's not only cover price, but as our business grows larger and larger and our orders get larger and larger, where when we first took over the store, it was a reach to get maybe one or two one in 25 ratios per week because when we took over the store there was not much to to take over but now we're looking at you know we may get the one in 500 the one in 200 um all the one in 25s that go up to it most every title that has a one in 10 or one in 25 we're getting one or two of those easily per per week so we're also seeing that there's an increase in the dollars per unit as as we get those coming in too um so it's really, that's how we use numbers. We match that up then to what John Mayo has, the comic book page, what Comicron has, whatever that is. Uh, and just to kind of look at, you know, number one are the hot titles that they have are hot titles. And number two, looking at how the dollars shake out from current to historic and are we seeing the same trends. Um, so for whatever that's worth, a little insight into our, our way of looking at it. That's interesting. Um, so, is the when you divide the the units by and then the per, by the price to see the what is it cost per dollar? What is cost what is per that? unit? What was that? What'd you call that? Cost per unit. Price, yeah. Cost per. So that's going up. Mm-hmm. But is your with some of your deeper discounts? Is that actually? Is the, your your actual cost going down? So is the profit going up on that? Um, so those are kind of two separate pieces of the house. The mail order is one business entity, and then the in-store is another. Uh, mail order we look at differently. That one is more just a straight dollars in, dollars out. What's our margin on that? And is it growing? Because like with mail order, we don't do gaming. We don't do um, you know a significant amount of action figures and statues. Uh, we don't do back issues. So that's a little bit different beast. But yeah, when we look in the store, um, you know, we're obviously running a business. So profit is is important. It keeps the lights on and, and keeps food on the table kind of thing. Um, so what we're, yeah. But I guess you could just always assume that you're going to have so much of, that your margin is at least X. 
And right. so you don't really have, I guess, yeah, I got, I got you. Right. And, and, you know, okay. just for, I think most everyone knows this, but just for kind of a baseline understanding, um, most comics, the, the discount is going to be between 30 and 50% is, is the discount that retailers get. But we also have to factor in shipping costs that with most, well, pretty much everyone other than what Penguin Random House will be, we have to pay shipping to get stuff in. And then we've got the labor that goes into, you know, putting it in your hold slot, getting it out onto the shelf, making sure it's in the computer system, all that. So new comics, really, um, the margin isn't significant on them compared to a lot of other products that we we may have or, or services that we have. So, you know, the, the most pure profit that you're going to get in stores are if you're doing gaming and you have a table fee where folks can pay, you know, a nominal price would say five bucks for the table for two hours. Right. And that really all that five dollars does is it just covers the cost that you have to clean up the room when they're done or the space. So if you've got three or four tables going, you know, that's 20 bucks. Well, there's there's zero cost because the tables have been long paid for. And really all it is is just whoever's at the store spending 10 minutes sweeping up or making sure the garbage gets taken out. Then you go to things like your back issues where you know, the way that most stores operate when they buy collections, they're going to pay more for the key books because naturally they're worth more. And at least the way we do it, we try and pay a, a higher percentage of the value uh, for the key books than any of our competitors because we want to be fair. Uh, and we, you know, explain to whomever yeah. is selling them that, you know, we still need to make a profit, but we'll pay you more for these because they're when important. grandma brings in her action comics number one you say i will give you 10 times what the cover price says here's a dollar <laughs> grandma granny now get out no we we would we would definitely do better than that at least 12 times that cover price um <laughs> and here's a nickel for your troll um and so uh but no then then you've got like kind of that middle range you know we'll call minor keys um you know things that maybe aren't a first appearance but they're like a like a McFarlane cover on a, on a Spider-Man or something like that, you know, that's not a 300, sorry, I had to say it. Um, yeah. But, you know, just like some of those other earlier McFarlane covers can maybe be 15, 20, $25, you know, books. So we're going to give a little bit, a little bit less than what we would for the keys, but still a decent amount. And then there's the other 85 to 90% of most collections that is kind of the, the chaff, you know, the, the dollar books and the dollar 99 books uh, and those you don't give so much. Well, by the time you average it all out, you have a higher margin on your back issues than you do on your new issues. Because for those, um, you don't have to pay shipping. They're in the store. And generally, you can recoup the cost of buying the collection by selling those keys. Uh, and they sell pretty quick. So we always watch and monitor the back issues to see how those sales are going. Again, doing the same thing, understanding what's our... our um, you know, units and then our dollars. So how many, you know, how many dollars per unit on average are we selling? Um, how many units total? And then just kind of monitoring where we go. And that helps us also understand, oh, we had a down month on back issues. Maybe we don't have the right product out. Maybe we, you know, need to get more, something like that. So it gives us indicators there. Uh, and then usually your lowest profit margin are going to be statues and things like that or, or, or expensive figures because they tend to be a net cost item. Uh, so there's no discount to it. There's some examples, things that we don't even advertise to sell often, um, would be there's figures that have a net cost of $110 
and the SRP that's advertised for them is one twenty four ninety nine. So oh my that's goodness. a $14.99 profit, but we have to pay shipping to get it in, which sometimes can be 10 to $12 per item, depending how big and heavy they are. So it's like it's a $2 profit, right? So that those are those are the tough ones. Yeah. Sorry, kids. Uh, we're gonna. That's gonna be over SR. <laughs> and and over that's the challenge with a lot of those things. Is is you know, we really can't. Well, we could. We could price them over SRP. We're not gonna sell them. And so we just rather you know, unless it's a special order for someone, which if they special order it, we will always bring it in, uh, provided oh, yeah. we can get it. But other than that, with those kinds of things, it's just not even worth it because chances are, some big you know, some big importer. Uh, in California, who's getting them sent directly from the factory in China right to him? He's selling them on Amazon for ninety nine ninety nine, you know. And and well, we can, certainly can't match that because our net cost is higher than that. So, um, so some of that stuff we just don't even don't even bother to bring it in. But that's where the the margin gets tight. So now that you've accumulated five years of data and you can do that rolling mm-hmm. comparison, um, how how's that? What what did you do back in the day when you were in the old shop and you had just taken over the store? What kind of numbers? How did you do comparisons and and did you just like compare this week to last week and this month to last month and stuff like that? Yeah, we learned pretty early on that when we took over the store, comparing our productivity to the previous team that had the store and their their employees. It just wasn't an apples to apples comparison. Um, the store was a comic store, but relied so heavily on gaming uh, and really didn't invest anything into comics or even it, try, you know trying to expand any of it. So we, we realized early on there was no video games, which is a big thing we do. There was no vinyl, which is a big thing we do. There were no figures or statues, which is a part of our business. Uh, and so it was really just plain plainly obvious to us that we couldn't compare ourselves to the previous group. We could do a little bit of, of trending, you know, for the first 12 months to kind of say like, well, how are we doing compared to them knowing that we completely changed the kind of the dynamic and the way that the store was structured. Um, And so we would look at that, but then really to your point, it became kind of a week over week, a month over month. Um, And then once we got into the second year, then it was, okay, let's go back and look at what, you know, last January looked like compared to this January. Uh, and then it just kind of builds and builds. But it's it's tough when you completely change how the business functions. Um, and you're, you're just trying to, you're trying to look at those numbers to help you understand, are we going the right direction or not? I mean, that's really the biggest thing. And if you see like, in this case, if you're looking at the chart on Comicron and you see like that red bar, surpassing all of june 2019 with both marvel and dc added in uh and you're only looking at the red bar which is the the diamond component you know if you're not seeing that same kind of return you got to start asking questions about yourself and you know what did i miss what am i not doing am i am i not taking advantage of the market opportunity that's in front of me um so yeah that's how we use the numbers and how we kind of started and, and where we're at now that's awesome. Well, yeah, it looks looks like there were six comics over a hundred thousand, which is always good. I, 
I, I mean, we've seen all 10 of them over 100,000 before, so, but we, we haven't seen, uh, you know, multiple 200,000 in the top two for a while, so that's pretty cool. Um, you mentioned Spawn earlier. Um, it's 204,000 um, is returnable, but no, I doubt any of those are getting returned. Yeah. <laughs> um, Star Wars War of the Bounty Hunters, that first issue, did almost 180,000 comics that's pretty sweet a significant um, portion a of those number. were exclusive covers as well i believe those all count towards it because they are invoiced so yeah. our exclusive would be counted in that number and berserker continues to uh, amaze me that its third issue is also selling uh, one hundred and forty-five thousand. that's also crazy also returnable with ratios right right but i mean that's still like 10 percent right I think they've, they just I can't remember if they factored 10 or 20%, but either way, um, yeah, yeah, we just won't talk Berserker. Yeah, they might all get sent back, um, you know, but I, I, I don't know. Um, Boom's, Boom's doing some interesting things. Um, I was uh, pretty, I sorted just to Boom and looked at some of their, they've got a lot of, really strong selling comics they do um and i don't know when that happened and where where i was asleep at the wheel and didn't notice uh that they have that many comics that are selling significant numbers that you know, really impressive they've really built up quite a stable yeah i think it's kind of a mix of of a couple of different things right time right place obviously with berserker you've got keanu reeves um, Somebody's Killing the Children has by far been their their breakaway hit. I think, uh, as far as oh, you yeah. know, what's what's oh, yeah. transpired and. Um, oh yeah, they still have some some comics that are selling a couple thousand, you know, units too. But um, but uh, you know, the, they're much healthier than they were three years ago. Oh yeah, yep. Uh, then they've slotted in at the fifth spot, uh, Batman one hundred and nine, and they're saying that. Uh, Maybe one hundred thirty thousand for that. Um, that's his guess. Yeah, and that that makes um, sense because seems high. Actually, I think it makes total sense. Um, the the Batman run has been one of the most consistent sellers we've had. On top of that, uh, they are offering one in twenty fives. They have been for quite a while. So having ratio variants coming back into play on these books does help boost numbers. Uh, then we have Demon Days Mariko, uh, that first issue, Mariko, mm -hmm. uh, 110,000. That's That surprises me. I didn't think it'd do that well. This one going had a bunch of big artist yeah. uh, ratios on it, I believe. Uh, kind of a bummer. Nice House on the Lake sold 90,000 copies because uh, the long-term value on that's not going to be that great because of the number that's out there. Um, but... It's a great book, so well-deserved. I, I think the value is going to be there, to be quite honest. I, I mean, it's not going to be something that's killing the children, but um, but I definitely think that this, this book has you know all the potential to stay between $20 and $40, $50. Um, it's definitely something that is more apt to be made into you know a movie or a TV miniseries or something like that than a lot of the products that are on the shelf because it uses humans um which is always easier than you know anthropomorphic beings and other things so i think that this one is is definitely something that actually could 
continue to, to hold its value. And it's also a book that, uh, 90,000, if that's the number, I mean, obviously it's an, it's a round number because they don't have the exacts, but let's just say it is 90,000. Um, there's more than 90,000 people that want this book. So, yeah, that's true. So I think that I gotcha. you've, you've got that. Plus it's divided across two covers. You have an A cover and a B cover. Uh, so, you know, if you did a 60, 30 split, let's just say, and you've got people that want both covers. Well, now you can only, you know, satiate 30,000 people. So I think that it's something that definitely has, has the staying power personally. Yeah. Uh, rank eight and nine X-Men and planet size X-Men's, uh, first issue X-Men 21 and X-Men planet size X-Men number one are within a couple hundred units of each other. So, uh, those X, X fans, um, uh, bought in lockstep those two books <laughs> <laughs> except for maybe 600 of them and rounding out the top 10 is star wars high republic number six uh selling eighty five thousand. so that's very healthy uh for that star wars book um i want to take a quick look over at the uh, market share and see marvel taking uh, 41%. Now this is with DC lopped in there, so they're the their their estimates saying DC gets 27%. Image at 13, uh boom at almost 7. Um uh that's a healthy number for boom again, uh, pushing 7%, very nice. And if you threw DC out it even it'd be even higher. Um when um Marvel leaves and goes to uh, Random House, but they're still going to be able to be distributed through Diamond. Right. Diamond has an agreement to be a wholesaler, so they will have an account with Penguin Random House just the same as as we will. You're right. Yep. Do you think there'll be enough um, shop owners that, like, I just want to get one box? Or one less box from one less distributor, and they'll just keep buying Marvel from from Diamond. Yeah, the, or there's going to be a decent it, chunk, but I think they they represent a small percent of the market. So like, there will be a, a could be a significantly high amount of of retailers or, or shop accounts that stay with Diamond to buy their Marvel. But I think the percentage of the market of Marvel product will, will be significantly less than the amount that goes over to penguin random house what i'm curious about is will there be enough that migrates that diamond's top publisher will be image or marvel will still have enough holdovers that marvel will still be their their market share leader even though they're not their sole distributor anymore that's that's what I'm really curious to see yeah. um, if Image can make that because that's a huge leap, um, going from 13 to 40, and that let's throw I mean it's like 50 some if you throw DC out of there, but you know so so Image has a would have a lot of ground to make up, and I mean it, it'd have to be like almost 90 percent of their of of their accounts went to Penguin Random House for their Marvel books, um, I think, for that flip to happen. And I don't know that that's going to go completely wholesale like that. Yeah, I'm just doing some quick math here. 
and um, yeah, you'd be looking at if if we just take forty as a round number. Um, Yeah, so if 60% of the volume leaves, Marvel is still number one. Yeah. How much? Six, was 60%. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's pretty... Uh, I think that's pretty... That's going to happen. I would I would imagine. Well, yeah, I mean, you gotta you got to figure... There was the Diamond Data leak um, that happened a couple of years ago. And I cannot, for the life of me, remember off the top of my head what the percentage was, like, the top 10 accounts accounted for for Marvel. Uh, but it was a very significant portion. And I can't remember if it was... It was it was north of 50%, I believe, just the top 10 accounts, which obviously is your DCBS, your Midtown, your Mile, not your Mile, your My Comic Shop, uh, and a couple others. That's amazing. So that so if it's, if, the, if this the top ten of twenty five hundred accounts leaves, <laughs> that's fifty percent. Right, right. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, yes. Yeah, so let's look here. Let's see how. Let me take a look at and sort by publisher again and see what image is doing. If I can get this toggle to work. Yeah. Maybe it won't work. Maybe it won't work today. There we go. No, it's glitchy. I was having that same issue. Oh well. What are you going to do with free information, right? <laughs> Image topped the list with Spawn Universal. We already talked about that. And then the regular Spawn uh, sold 76,000. Uh, Department of Truth, 67. Uh, Geiger doing 46. Jupiter's Legacy doing 52. Not Noctera. Yeah, that Jupiter's Legacy, though, we're going to see Crater on issue two because the show was canceled. Yeah, so, yeah, for sure. That's going to be a bummer. Um, crossovers at issue seven and continues to sell over oh, 38,000. That's great. Firepower at issue 12, selling over 35,000. Uh, Walking Dead Deluxe. Um, it's 17 and only selling 30,000. It's good for me. Here's a question. But, uh, what when we get to 19, what do we see for sales? Do we uh is is got to be a spike, uh, yeah, right? Yeah, 50 reasonable. Is it going to be 75? I mean, it had about 300 covers on it. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would think we would get double. Uh, but I don't know. You know, I'm not sure. I don't remember what number 1 sold. How many how many of that one? I don't sold. think we ever got the data for that. Yeah, we never never heard that. So, 
Uh, Stray Dogs finished up with 24,000 copies of its fifth issue. So that means, you know, they're going to be sought after for a while. Oh, yeah. And those prices are going to stay up there. Um, good stuff here. Is it, uh, is it a quality dad joke to say that the Stray Dogs fans are rabid? I, I think that's top notch. <laughs> Lock it in. <laughs> <laughs> There were a ton. What are all these? Are these all Walking Dead deluxe reprints? Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Yeah. So they all sold five thousand. Those were the ones with the faces, I think. Yep. Those are the Finch covers, correct? Yeah. Those were pretty underwhelming, but six thousand people bought them. Well, let's pretty much let's do some quick math on that. There's two hundred and twenty of each of the one and twenty fives rolling around then. I would say 200 to be safe. Because those had 125 black and white sketch versions. Oh, okay. Okay. That's, yeah, yeah. The same thing through one for one through six, so, yeah. Give or take, though, because, you know, some stores bought one set for somebody. Yep. Right. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I'm not sure if I want to look at any other of the smaller publishers or not, especially if it's acting glitchy. I think that's enough. Uh, it's cool that they're back. Um, unless you had something you want to touch on here. No. When it comes to the numbers. No, not really. I, I would love to get DC's hard numbers again, but... I don't know if we're going to see that. I also don't know if we're ever going to see true Marvel numbers um, coming out of Marvel, Penguin Random House, I should say. Um, you know, it'd be interesting to know, does Diamond release, does Diamond even release Marvel data that, and they just qualify it by saying, you know, uh, sales through the direct market through Diamond. So, you know, they already ignore stuff like Barnes & Noble, Amazon, you know, comicsology, whatever yeah, else. So right. you know, we'll yeah. see what they do. Well, they can only report what they can report. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, I mean, they're doing it as a service to their accounts by providing the ranked list. And then, I mean, in theory, that's, Correct. that's where, it, why, why it's being, why it's being released. The, the data gets released as a ranked list, weighted list for, retailers to use correct um somebody gets a hard number for one piece of data and then extrapolates uses some algebra and extrapolates the rest of the numbers they don't release those numbers correct. so um there's nothing they, they never actually release those numbers they just get um you get a a list of the titles that has yeah has a sales rank on it Right. Yeah, and they used to use Batman as the as the number one, but I don't think they do anymore. I, say, I don't think they can. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not sure what they use now. If it's Spider Man or Spawn or whatever, uh, but they they always had one that was like this is everything's in comparison to this steady big seller. Correct. And it was always Batman, and I, I don't know what it is now. So I'd be curious to. See what what that is. I guess I could look, but I'm not that curious. 
Um, did you want to talk about this um, t- tilting at windmills now? No, I, I um, that was we, more for you uh, to read later. That's the the oh, article okay. that Hibbs wrote a couple of years back with the data leak talking about kind of the size of some of the accounts and stuff. And if anybody else wants oh. to uh, read that as well, it's tilting at windmills two seventy seven. Nice, nice. Yeah, and he's he's down a store now, I guess. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So he he's not the, he's not like the uh, the brain brainiac store owner that everybody thinks he is, because <laughs> he just lost a store. Here's what I will say about Brian. Brian is, uh, well, he's he's had comics experience for what twenty years now, eighteen years, something like that. Uh, he had a second location that he bought, and it was more of a periodical-based location. He's more of a collected edition location. He has built his original comics experience to be kind of a think of it more as a bookstore than a comic store. Uh, just that you know, eighty percent or more of the contents in it are comic-related, collected uh, collected editions. Um, you know, he's definitely has some very valid points in the industry and you know just like anything there's just as many points i'll agree with i'll disagree with on him but it's just how you choose to run your business now he's got different factors at play he's in downtown san francisco where there's you know state mandated minimum wage that is almost double that of many other places and he complains about the cost of books and the price of this and that you know, as a retailer in a different state, you're kind of like, well, you choose to live there. You chose to have your store there. Like I just because it's affecting you shouldn't mean that it has to affect me kind of thing. Um, you know, so there's certain components where you're just kind of like, I, I can't relate to that. And I don't really have any, you know, anything that I can help you with. And I'm certainly not willing to pay more <laughs> because you want to, to pay more or something. Um, so there's certain areas where I disagree, but there are a lot of areas that he will talk about where you can agree. And that's really, to me, those things center more around the numbers that he's looking at and what he's kind of pulling from and making very educated and, and experience-driven um, statements and, and, and assumptions based on how he's seen the industry move over the last you know, 15, 20 years and his experience as a retailer. Um, and you really can't discredit him for the simple fact that you know, he has been one of the few retailers who not as just outspoken, but is rather articulate when it comes to speaking out. There's a lot of retailers that talk and even, you know, <laughs> fellow retailers go, geez, just you're not helping our image. Just be quiet. But when Brian puts it pen to paper and he writes something, you may not agree with it, but it's it's thought out. It you know, it's articulate. It's written well. Um, and it stirs discussion, and that's what half of it is meant to do. Whether it's the right discussion or not, I guess is you know beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. Um, but you know you have to respect Brian for the position he's earned in the industry, and and probably put him on the Mount Rushmore right. of comic retailers. Even though he's got one shop, but okay, he did. I will say he was able to sell the second store. There was a, a couple of guys that came in and bought it, so. It's not like it went kaput. Um, he did do a tilting windmills about that as well and why he was letting it go. And it ultimately was because he wants to run a bookstore, not a comic store, a periodical store. So 
just didn't fit his model and he was sick yeah. of the the aggravation and he's a person who doesn't believe in back issues he doesn't believe that they're worth the right. amount of energy that goes into so, it so he's not a real shop owner he's just he's he's got his little boutique bookstore that's great it doesn't have anything to do with real comic shops real comic shops have back issues key walls single issues new releases floppies that's a comic shop i don't care what you say that's my belief <laughs> you can't just have a trade shop a trade shop is a bookstore right that's kind of the the belief that we we have and how we set up our store uh but you know each person's going to look at it differently uh, i would agree with you though uh, one of the things that james and i have always said that you know more than 60% of our of our business should be single issues or collected editions you know it has to be a mix of the two it can't just be one or the other because you got to have balance right. uh, everything in life requires balance um but yeah for us and and i think the other store owners who do back issues uh and do them you know at a significant volume or at least enough of a volume that they're they're reaping the rewards of it will tell you it is worth every bit of energy you put into it yeah it requires a lot more work in some instances but the margin is so much higher and the margin is great yeah, yeah and one of the things that happened during the pandemic there was a slew of of uh, videos done i think dan shaheen i can't remember what his youtube channel is but he was doing different interviews with folks steve jeppy was one of them he did a round table with retailers and it was kind of a Chuck Rosansky from mile high comics was one of the folks. And then there were three other industry folks. Um, and it was really like a three verse one where the three other industry folks all abhor back issues. They don't like it. They don't find the value. They just want to sell the newest, shiniest things and statues. And Chuck, of course, to prove a point is sitting in his warehouse with, literally racks and racks and racks and racks of comics behind him as far as the eye can see and he just kind of holds up his arms and he goes here's the beauty of it guys when your distributor closes down you've got nothing new i have all of this i own it it's mine and i can choose to pull it out whenever i want and that's exactly the model <laughs> that we have is you know yes we want the balance of the new and the old but if the new ceases to exist or distributor shuts down I can keep my business going for a long time with the inventory I have here. Oh yeah. So yeah, let's let's blow out some of these. You know, fill your runs in. You know, yep. come on, yep. come on in, read something you haven't read before. Yep. Yeah, it's great. All right, let's slide over to well. Before we slide over to cover price, we uh, well since we've got Eric here, we get to thank him again for. Uh, he, he hooked up our existing patrons and he has pledged to provide uh, new patrons with uh, a full, th is it three or four cover set for Shadow Man number four? It is going to be the full cover set of the trade dress for all four issues of Shadow Man, one through four, all by Jenny Frizen. Uh, so the first one is Shadow Man, the second one is Baron Samity, the third one is Punk Mambo, and the fourth one is our new character. So you'll have to get the book and read it to find out. Oh, what it's that. even cooler than what I thought it was. Yep. Oh wow. And okay. and I I so, will be honest and say I have yet to hook up the existing patrons. I have the stack of books here. I do have the list of names for you. I need to run the random generator 
And for those of you that are patrons, the, the handful, couple of uh, folks that are, you will get a uh, patrons-only video of the actual matching up. So you'll get to see what is coming <laughs> your way. Is it is it ping pong balls? <laughs> no, I'm not as cool as the lottery. Uh, it's just going to be a spreadsheet that has a little mix and match algorithm in it that will spit out a random combination of, of a <laughs> book set and a name. That's incredibly, incredibly generous of you. Uh, they appreciate it. We appreciate it here, of course. And we're, we're waiting for those, the new patrons because you get that sweet thing he was just talking about and a lot of Jenny Frizen uh, original exclusive art and... In, in addition, you get entered into, uh, we have another CGC 9.8 giveaway in the fall. So you're going to, you're going to get the new thing and you get, you get entered in a chance to win, uh, the CGC 9.8, uh, in the fall. So prizes, 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 just come in and be a patron. Uh, you get hooked up with our Slack channel you get to listen to uh, episodes first and early and sometimes exclusively and only uh, as a patron. And um, lots of good swag, lots of fun stuff coming your way. And we continue to um, expand and, and add to it. So get on Patreon, look for Comics for Fun and Profit, and uh, please, 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 be a patron it it pays it pays to be a patron and and don't forget uh, i mean lodging and travel for kyle while he's on the on the lamb is not cheap so we <laughs> we've got to make sure that he's not just stopping at little roadside digs he's you know we we need him getting his beauty rest he it's like those um old movies where they would There'd be a bunch of people carrying the person on the little <laughs> private buggy, you know. That's Kyle being <laughs> transported across the country. <laughs> feeding someone's feeding him grapes and bonbons. Right. That's why he's got the kids, All the right, fans, and everything. They've got palm fronds <laughs> that they're waving at him. Exactly. I like it. Exactly. Uh, now let's slide over to cover price. Um, you want the top 10 or the bottom 10? Yeah, dealer's choice. You tell me what you want me to do. I'll take the top 10 because there's a Moon Knight in it. <laughs> um, uh, at rank 10, we have Something is Killing the Children, number one, the local comic shop day foil cover because, uh, you know, that was, I think, seven bucks. And I was like, eh, I don't know. Is it worth seven bucks? Eh. And now it's selling for $225 as a CGC 9.8. So <laughs> I was wrong. Uh, rank nine, we have Shuri number one uh, from 2018. Uh, $52 for a raw copy. That's nice. Sold 10 copies. Uh, of course, Spawn number one from 1992. Uh, 28 copies moved and a two, two, got $256 for a CGC 9.8. You can still find these out there, folks, pretty reasonably. Uh, the the nice house on the lake, number one. Uh, we were just talking about this. Uh, Forty three copies of this moved, and I had a high sale of a hundred and seventy five dollars for a CGC nine eight. The Marvel Now point one number one from twenty twelve. Uh, we haven't seen this for a while, but it does have first appearance of America Chavez. 
in the Marvel 616 universe. Um, and it sold 30 copies and had a uh, sale of $25 for a raw copy. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man 209 from 1980. Uh, this issue features the first appearance of Calypso, a voodoo priestess, who played a key role in McFarlane's Spider-Man Torment storyline. As a love interest of Craven in the comics, rumors are that actress Jodie Turner-Smith will take on the role for the Craven film. So the 17 copies of this moved, and a CGC 9.2 uh, sold for $100. Uh, rank four, we have Submariner number 13 from 1969. This is the first appearance of Gargantos. Uh, while we haven't had a confirmation on Namor appearing, speculation has moved on to this book after rumors of actress Jennifer Molina playing the role of this very obscure character, who's a squid, by the way, in Doctor Strange, the new Doctor Strange movie. Uh, this rumor made it sell 20, 17 copies and had a high sale of $237.50 for a CGC 9.2. Uh, interesting. Giant. So Gargantos is a, is a giant squid? I guess. I did not, I, I did not know that. Uh, rank 3 of Star Wars, The High Republic Adventures, number 6. I think Kyle made this a pick of the week. Um this issue features the first appearance of Tau Bata, Leo's Gaiasi, and Afi Hollow. And uh, this week saw significant heat with 42 copies selling and a high sale of 20 bucks for a raw. Uh, at rank two is Moon Knight number three from 1980. This issue is the first appearance of Midnight Man, who's rumored to appear in the Disney Plus series. This end will be played by French actor Gaspard Ulliel. While it's said that after actor Ethan Hawke will take on the role of the series' main villain, we're not confirmed who, it's got to be Bushmaster, it's unknown how large of a role Midnight Man will play. Regardless, this news lit a fire under his first appearance, uh, sold 16 copies, and had a high sale of $950 for a CGC 9.8. That's crazy. That is crazy. It's a wacky. For Moon Knight number three, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, number one is Usagi Yojimbo number 20, the second print uh, from 2021. With a new recurring character, Yukichi Yamamoto, uh, moved 39 copies and had a, rise, a high raw sale of $20. So fantastic. What kind of good stuff we got in the bottom 10? All right. Let's get her warmed up here with number 11. We've got Earth 2, number 19 from 2014. Uh, as previously noted, Michael B. Jordan and his production company are developing a Valzad Superman project at HBO. This helped Valzad's first appearance jump up this week. Uh, it sold 12 copies, seven-day trend up 152%, and a massive high sale of $1,000 for a CGC 9.8. Wow. Jeepers. Jeepers. <laughs> um, Wolverine <clears throat> 1, 1988. Wolverine books are on the move again for a solo series. Sold 16 copies and had a high sale of $529 for a CGC 9.8. Uh, Basilisk at number 13. Basilisk number one, second print, uh, 2021. Obviously, this just came out. 
This under-ordered second print was a holdover again this week and sold 27 copies, seven-day trend of 91%, and a high sale of $125 for a CGC 9.8. Has to be like a pre-order, right? Because there's no way they got a CGC turned around on that that fast. I'm thinking because chances are right now it's like a... Well, they could have paid the money to have it expedited, which would have been probably half of their $125 by the time you factor in shipping. (laughs) (laughs) Note for all of you kids at home, don't do that if you don't need to. (laughs) Just wait the six months. Um, Number 14, Avengers 269 from 1986. The Kang train is still moving. His confusing origins are multiplied with this origin of Ramatut, which also features a big battle between Kang and Immortus. It sold 14 copies and had a high raw sale of $78. Uh, coming is uh, people are people going Kang crazy up in Oconomowoc? Uh, um, there was a lot of Kang craziness, and it's kind of died down a little bit, but I expect it to to kick back up again. With Doctor Strange, coming. yep, the Kang Train, I guess, is what we're going to call it. Okay, let's let's do All that. Right. Amazing Spider-Man 363 slides in at number 15. This is from 1992. A third full appearance of Carnage may not mean much, however, this issue does complete the initial Carnage three issue introduction. Sold 12 copies and had a high sale of 170 dollars for a CGC 9.8. Next up. Uh, 16 here we've got Avengers 267 from 1986 yep more Kang see even here they say those sales may seem to be slowing there you go Uh, this is the first appearance of the Council of Kangs Um, does not seem to be super important moving forward sold 23 copies with a high sale of $499 for CGC 9.6 number 17 something is killing the children number 18 Virgin 1 and 25 even on issue 18, the variants for this scorching series continued to see heat. This 1 in 25 sold 20 copies, had a 7-day trend up 101%, and had a high sale of $60 for raw copy. Editor's note, a.k.a. from me, uh, this is the first issue of Something is Killing the Children that you are not able to get a retailer exclusive, I believe. It was either 17 or 18. So the 1 in 25s for these are going to become a little bit more rare as... Those extra one and twenty fives don't float around from the uh, the exclusive numbers. Ah, uh-huh. number eighteen, the kaiju score number one from Aftershock. As noted, the kaiju score is in development with Sony Pictures. First issue continues to sell well with seventeen copies and at a high sale of one hundred ninety nine dollars in ninety five cents for a CGC nine point eight. Couldn't push them for that extra nickel. It's a shame. Uh, number 19, <laughs> Fantastic Four 244. This is from 1982, the first appearance of Frankie Ray as Nova. Not that Nova. Uh, it sold 16 copies, had a seven-day trend up 115%, and a high sale of $91 for a high-grade raw copy. While Frankie became a herald for Galactus, it's unknown why this book is suddenly moving. Who knows? Right. And number 20, the Star Wars High Republic Adventures, number 6, 1 in 10 ratio by Ilias K. <laughs> I'm not going to pronounce that last name. Um, sales dropped to 13 copies, though, this week with a seven-day trend of 141% and a high sale of $42 for a raw copy, down from $66. 
these books do see a ton of copies because they only have a one in 10 and that's not an overly significant barrier for a lot of folks to jump in on. So uh, they'll pay the, you know, 15, 20, $25 to get that one in 10 uh, more so than they will the 25 to $50 to get a one in 25 uh, main Marvel series. So I'm, I'm thinking we're going to see the price for these continue to drop slowly. Good stuff. And um, we got started a little late because you were handcrafting this uh, (laughs) FOC list. So why don't you take us through some of the items that you've highlighted in your email that uh, should be in your email email boxes right now. It should be. Uh, From DC, we've got a couple of offerings here. The Batman Fear State Alpha number one. This is a a one-shot book, but we're still giving a good discount on it. Um, This one is uh, the Ben Oliver A cover, which I I like Ben Oliver's art. It's kind of a cool, he's always got a cool look to it. And then the other DC offering we have is the Harley Quinn 2021 annual. This is the Derek Chu cardstock variant. A couple of you may remember, I think it was back in like the Harley Quinn 51, 52, something like that range. Um, Derek Chu burst onto the scene with uh, a cover and, and he, Derek is one of the, artist that's in the art germ stable um he's represented by the same person mm. and and i believe works with art germ uh and you can see some stylistic similarities but uh, his his covers always fly off the shelf from us it's a great harley cover so i've got that one up there uh from dark horse we've got the umbrella academy box set uh, umbrella academy continues to be a really strong seller for us a lot of a lot of folks really enjoyed the show I think there was a lot of um, uncertainty when it first came out because people weren't familiar with the property and, you know, it was kind of oddball characters, but in a way they're lovable and endearing oddball characters and their interactions together and and how they kind of survive um, is something that drew a lot of people in. So this is kind of a fun, nice prestige um, set that you can put on your shelf as a nice slipcase and is different than the library editions that they previously released, which I have as well i like them uh and then just continuing with that star wars adventures trend i know a lot of people have been really um, interested and intrigued by this particular series especially with issue six having the um the new characters so i put issue eight in here i thought why not let the kids have the candy (laughs) (laughs) and then uh for image we've got spawn 321 the b cover by mcfarlane uh, very, very, I'd have to say, kind of Sienkiewicz Moon Knight-esque cover here, the way that he's in yeah. the back, the shadows, the cape flying up behind him. Um, but Spawn 321, Spawn continues to be a, a huge seller. And for those of you that uh, were like many of us and lamented the cheap cover stock on the Spawn books for the longest time, we can proudly say that Todd has really upped the game. There's very thick cover stock on these books now, and they're still two ninety nine, regardless of what I put in here with the typo of three ninety nine. So, look at the spreadsheet. <laughs> don't look at the email. Um, this, this is what happens when yeah, I get excited I don't know how he and does want it. to get on a podcast. Um, from Marvel, uh, we've got Dark Ages number one. Uh, we've got so that's going to be a new six issue miniseries. Uh, Demon Day's Cursed Web, the Jenny Frizen open-to-order variant. What can I say? It's Jenny Frizen. And then for you collected edition fans out there, which I know there's actually quite a few of you, um, we have the Spider-Man Epic V2 
the death of Captain Stacy. Uh, this is one that has been out of stock, I believe, and is coming back now, so jump on it. From AWA Studios, which has quietly become a really strong, um, smaller back half publisher oh, yeah. with great talent. Uh, this is Telepaths number one. And it's written by J. Michael Straczynski, but for me, the exciting thing is that the art is by Steve Epting. I absolutely love Steve Epting art, so um, oh, yeah, great. I will be getting this one for sure. Um, and then we've got Red Room, for those of you that have been on the Red Room bus, because we have the Kang train, we should probably have a bus. So this is the uh, 1 in 10 incentive, <laughs> which is obviously... Uh, kind of a spoof homage to Spawn. This past um, Wednesday, we had the Red Room, uh, was it issue three that came out? And that was, uh, I think the one in 25 ratio was a spoof on TMNT number one. Uh, it's definitely getting hot. So these books are... It's it's a compelling kind of horror twisted story, but a lot of uh, a lot of folks like the covers as well. So that, those are what I kind of called out this week. Fantastic! Now let's take a look at some of the DC items that are in the FOC. Um, always nice uh, to take a look at some of these. They they do some great covers. I mean, I'm looking at that Batman Fear State Alpha Dylan Teague. That's pretty stellar yeah and, and dc because they technically release their books on tuesdays they're considering this a five-week month so we're getting a lot of annuals we've got green uh well uh, we've got batman superman green lantern harley quinn suicide squad the midnighter uh, we have all of those <clears throat> um now the batman Fortnite zero point batman day special edition uh, is that going to have any kind of code in it? It's a great question. Let's see what we can find out here. I'm going to go into the back end of Lunar and see what they tell us. Is it, is, so it's 625 for you to get a bundle of 25 of them. I don't think they're going to have a code in it. I would say I would say no to that. Yeah, that would be my guess. Yeah, they didn't have anything posted uh, internally, and they don't have anything on the solicit either. So I'm going to guess no. But it's kind of been the craze lately, so I guess uh, I guess fans are going to want to uh, want to grab it, complete their their set. Oh yeah, definitely. A lot of Batman Day stuff. Yes. Is that um? significant as far as sales for you on that day um not really i'll be honest not really it's yeah we get stuff we put i mean it out, i would but it's nothing like free comic book day or you know any of that kind black of stuff. friday yeah, or right yeah our 25 percent off back issue sales uh draw a lot more interest than batman day yeah I can imagine. Now, about local comic shop day, did that do anything? That moved the needle? Yeah, that that usually does because for local comic shop day, uh, the products that come out that are specific to it are actually a little bit more prestige. 
So you're looking at, you know, five and ten dollar books that are not like that. Somebody's killing the children. Foil treatment, um, certain collected editions that only come out with a cover for local comic shop day that are limited. So there's just more prestige put around it. Uh, And it's all publishers. So you have a wider base you're drawing from. I mean, if you've got customers that don't really like superhero comics, Batman Day is really not going to rock their socks off. Yeah, Um, that's true. So, yeah. And then from uh, Scout, we've got uh, Corset number one. This has got a four ninety nine uh, b- price tag, but you're selling it for two ninety nine, so that's quite a dis- nice discount for Scout. I'm a nice guy. What can I say? Unless it unless it's really three ninety nine, and you're just gouging. It's me. not. I would never <laughs> dream of doing that. Trust the <laughs> And then we have Impossible Jones as well, which is a little looks a little more um, all agey to me, but um, might be good. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not part of the Scoot line, so I don't. It, it must not be all agey. Done a dark horse. I'm not seeing a lot. Uh, last flight out. Trying to get that wing to pop up here and populate. Um, Mark Guggenheim is the writer. Eduardo Ferragato doing the art. Let's see. Uh, one thing I was toying with putting in the email for those of you that are Sonic the Hedgehog fans, they have an encyclopedia that's coming out. There's a deluxe and a, just a regular edition. Um, <laughs> Sonic fans are, they are strong fans. Uh, the, the also rabbit. Right? Exactly. <laughs> the, uh, the deluxe edition comes with an exclusive mosaic cover, a clamshell case featuring a gold foil ring, and a folio housing two archival gallery prints of Sonic and Dr. Eggman. So those are the add-ons you get. Or you could just get the the regular hardcover, and I don't think anyone's going to complain about that either. No. Now Image has got a um, beauty one-shot, so very cool to see them go back to beauty a little bit. Uh, it's, it's the original creators, Jeremy Hahn and Jason Hurley, uh, that are doing this. It's uh, 48 pages, and uh, they're saying this is the finale. I uh, That's sweet. I'm glad. I'm super glad to, to see more beauty because it's a great, great series. So um, 499, 48 pages, jump on that. Drew. Jump on that. I will. <laughs> I will mark you down for one. Um, I've got the second issue of Mirka and Delphos Sweet Paprika. The first one sold pretty gosh darn good. A lot of, oh, a lot of yeah. people looking forward to that. What's uh, Stefan Sejic's cover B look like? Oh, he's so good. He's so talented. I think if I wanted to draw like anybody, it'd be him. Oof. Hmm. 
know. There's so, but there's so many. You could, you there's there's somebody you could choose from, for sure. Yeah, I guess if I could draw like anyone, I would probably want to draw draw like George Perez. Yeah. I could paint like anyone. I'd probably want to. I probably want to paint like Alex Ross. Oh yeah, yeah. That's true. All right, so we already talked a little bit about Spawn three twenty one. Hey, there's a Spawn three twenty one coming up. But right after that is Stray Dogs trade paperback. Now, those of you that are customers of Cowabunga might be saying, wait a minute, didn't I hear rumblings that you have a Stray Dogs exclusive trade coming out? And you would be right. And then you'll say, well, why isn't it on the sheet? And I will tell you, because we have very few left to pre-sell, and we're selling them all through shopcowabunga.com. There are color cover and just a literal handful of sketch covers left that are limited in their print run. So <coughs> if folks listening want the Stray Dogs trades, whether you're a customer of ours or not, shop Cowabunga, Cowabunga with a K, um, dot com has them available for you while supplies last. While supplies last. That's fantastic, though, that you've sold through that quickly. Yes. That's amazing. Yep. Hats off. And we have something fun lined up because there's supposed to be a Stray Dogs one-shot coming out, which we will have cover two as well. Oh, wow. That's great. That has not been solicited yet, though, so it's a couple months out. But, yes. So keep it under your hat. Those of you <laughs> listening, you'll, you've got insider info here. There we go. In fact, let's see. Uh, what is why, why? Why is Fantastic Four a big deal? Is this like an anniversary issue? Thirty-five. Uh, let me scroll down to it. Uh, yeah, I believe this is the sixtieth anniversary. Okay, sixty. Okay, that's fine. Let's celebrate that with a ten-dollar book. Last Annihilation, Wiccan and Hulkling, number one. I gotta take a look at this bad boy here. Ooh. Anthony Oliveri, I'm not familiar with that person. That's awesome, Merrick. I am seeing the Stray Dogs cover, but you can't see it yet. Ha <laughs> ha. That's cool. So we've got a Moon Knight second print here with the Steve McDevitt cover. And then a JRJR. Hey, it's different too. Um, ratio second print. And Ouch. that's the sketch version of the. Was the one in 100, one in 200, whatever the large ratio was for Moon Knight 1. But I have to ask you, Drew. 50. Yeah. Do you like this cover? The uh, JRJR? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I like the original. I mean, I'm not a big fan of the sketches, but it's still kind of neat. Yeah, I, I guess I, I guess I just meant the the image in particular. For some reason, I just feel like there needs to be something in the jawline. Like I, I it just it just didn't feel right to me. A little too a little too moon face. Yeah. No, no pun intended. Yeah, literally, and yeah. 
But yeah. I loved on um, the first uh, yeah. issue. I loved the Sinkevich hidden gem. Oh man, that was a great cover. Oh yeah, <coughs> yeah. It was a good. It was a good issue. Yeah. I'm excited. Since of course I get excited with Midnight <laughs> a lot. So Sinister War wraps up um, its fourth issue, and kind of hot on its heels down below that we have the Sinister War trade. Uh, being solicited as well so if you were kind of sitting that out uh, waiting for the collected edition now's your chance to to jump uh we've got an ultimate comics fallout number four facsimile nothing important um, happened in that issue re- just move along nothing yeah. to see here so that's first miles right. morales and if you remember amazing fantasy facsimile when it came out did gangbusters and uh, on the secondary market, I don't know if they'll not keep this in print. They probably but... won't. Most of, I don't think there's any of those facsimiles, other than the ASM 300 that they went back to print on, and they said they're not going back yeah. to reprint the ASM 300 yeah. a third time. So, yeah, this is probably a long hold. I think is is the best way to put it in spec terms, right? This is probably something that, you know, if you want to speculate on it, you'll buy a handful of them, but don't expect to cash in significantly for three years plus. (laughs) Unless you're you're a shady eBayer who uh, sells facsimiles (laughs) for... What was the facsimile that sold for nine hundred dollars? That was Werewolf by Night thirty two because nowhere in the description. Or the title that they put facsimile, and I'm sure that whatever suckers were bidding on it didn't bother to look at the price stamp on it. That's at three ninety nine. Oh my goodness! The nine it was it was like nine hundred bucks. Yeah, right? it wasn't you, was it? <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't. No, but I I just oh man, buyer beware, right? right. It happened to me. I I bought something. I. Th- thought was an expiring auction for a cgc uh comic that i wanted and it was like under 20 bucks i was like oh this is great i'm gonna hop on this and you know cgc 98 that's amazing i'll i'll, I'll get that and it, and it was like uh, after i after i won because it was so close to the the deadline it was actually cgc you can cgc this <laughs> was the the reason it popped up on my search and I was like oh Jesus hey, you're an idiot good news I can CGC it <laughs> thank you thank you now I bought just the raw copy okay I, buyer beware my fault good times oh we got dead box number one from Vault Comics. This is Mark Russell doing the writing, and Ben Tiesma on art. Um, welcome to the town of Lost Turkey, where the main source of entertainment is a cursed DVD machine that seems to know more about the fate of its citizens than they do. I think this sounds fantastic. <laughs> I'm all about this one. I think this is going to be great. I want further definition of what DVD machine alludes to. Is it a DVD player? Is it a red box that gives you DVD? Like that make, come on now. Oh, oh yeah. Or is it a replicator? What is Jeez. it exactly? DVD box. I'm guessing it has to do with red box, you know, dead box being the name. Yeah, of it, it makes but... sense. Yeah. 
Uh, Dynamite's relaunching Red Sonja again. And, uh, this time with Mirko Andolfo doing the writing. And good news, they, they've got, you know, a couple of covers to choose from. Yeah. And the cosplay is um, amazing. <laughs> okay, who is it today? She's gorgeous. Oh, I think she's done a couple of covers before. Yeah, yeah. And then we've got um, a Red Rooms going back for a second printing on uh, number one uh, that sold through. And it's a sketch cover, but I don't know what, I don't know if it's the sketch cover of the original cover or not. Um, I'm assuming it is. I'm, I'm but hopeful. It might be new. Yeah. It might be new content. Who knows? Uh, Knight of the Cadillacs from Scout. Scout is a Jeff Hearns book. In the Spirit of Lost Boys and Warriors. Old school. Uh, Aftershocks, Aftershock is putting out um, Almost American, number one. There's a Ron Mars written book. Looks pretty Based good. Based on the real life story of real life spies. Could be fun. I think so. White goes to a third printing for number one. And the second printing for number two. And they can shove them all up their ass because <laughs> they allocated. Yeah, two per the first store. One yeah, they, that they I really pre ordered. Cheesed off a lot yeah. of people. <clears throat> I hope they go belly up. And that's all I see in FOC. We'll leave it on a high note there. <laughs> Sounds good. Low note. <laughs> yeah. And let's slide over to the hot 10 from our good folks, the good folks over at Comic Book Invest. Uh, number one is X Men number one, the J. Scott Campbell variant. Limited to twenty five hundred, um, is amazing. It is a really really nice looking cover uh, with negative space and a green green cover, and um, it's going for two hundred to two hundred fifty. I don't know what you would have to pay for it. I don't remember this one at all. Uh, was this was this was this through his website or was this through you through stores like you? Pretty sure it's through his website. Yeah. Uh, Infinite Crisis number five comes in at rank two. Um, Blue Beetle casting puts interest back in this yo-yo book. Um, $60 plus. I don't know what that means, yo-yo book. Uh, price goes up and down. Fluctuates. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I should have been able to suss that out. Hey, uh, I'm here to help you through these challenging times. <laughs> <laughs> with the English language, thank you. <laughs> uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Annual 2021, the Zach Howard San Diego Comic Con variant. Uh, it's going for a hundred bucks. Um, this one is an incredible one. It thought it looks like a Finch, Finch cover. I can see that. Um, it this it's just it's really nice. Um, so hats off to whoever that is. Who is that? Uh, Zach Howard. Keep an eye out for his stuff. 
At rank four, we have Star Wars High Republic Adventures number six, the Nick Brokenshire San Diego Comic-Con variant. Um, how did you get these since there wasn't a Comic-Con? We, I, heck if I know, we didn't get them. Um, you know, at the convention, you have to go to the booths to get them, so I don't know if those who went right. to Comic-Con at home um, probably had access to them, which is, you know, that's fine. We Unfortunately, we were running a store, so we couldn't... Uh, couldn't sit down and do it. Isn't Comic Con at home virtual? Yep. Wasn't it virtual? Yeah, but they had like virtual booths well, that you could go to, and I think you could buy product in the booths. Oh, okay. There you go. I got gotcha. you. Uh, anyway, there's another San Diego Comic Con variant, and this one's going for seventy to eighty bucks. Uh, rank five, we have Silk number five, the one in twenty-five, Judy Jong. That you can get through comic could have got through comic shops. Sure could have. This is going for seventy dollars. Um, uh, silk's silk's like a stealth selling comic, you mm-hmm. know. People seem to be digging it, and it seems to have its fan base, and it's nice. Uh, rank six, we have the all new Hawkeye number five, the cheeky Ogaki variant. I love this. This is awesome. I'm sure I didn't see this cover, or I would have been tempted. Uh, this is going steadily from 45 to 60, and is now 75 dollars. Um, when does this? When does this happen? Uh, this one. I can get you the specifics. Just please hold. Let me Google this. Insert uh, cheesy hold music here. <laughs> Hawkeye number five came out in 2015, September 16th, 2015. Oh, that's okay. Okay, Th- that I can understand why I missed why I missed that one. And note: exceed 100% of orders for all new Hawkeye number two, with orders for all new Hawkeye number four. And this order, this variant, is order all you want. Wow! I'm glad we don't play those. That was games back anymore. in the days when they did those. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you miss do you miss those? Oh, terribly! That, I, that math. Oh, yes, having to have spreadsheets just to order a freaking <coughs> book. <laughs> oh, wait, what did we? Let's go back. What did we order? Okay. I don't miss that at all. <laughs> Thank you, Marvel, for listening to us and not making us do that. At rank seven, we have X Factor number six. Nine point sixes are now in the two hundred and fifty to two hundred and sixty dollar range. Nine point eights are going for seven hundred and twenty five dollars. Both of which are three times what they were just at the beginning of the year. Um, not the not sure what the urge is to get this as Apocalypse has already been in a movie and there's no way it will be back for at least a decade, right? Um, yeah, I sold mine a long time ago. Rank eight, we have Spider Gwen number twenty-seven, the Yasmin Yasmin Putri variant. <laughs> very beautiful, very very nice. This one came out. In December of 2017, and it was a meter exceed 150% of orders for Spider Gwen 23 with orders for Spider Gwen 27 regular cover. And this variant is order all you want. Uh, that's 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 it is really nice. It is really nice, but the the, the things you have to ju- go through to get there. Mm-hmm. My goodness, um, Jason Latour wrote this. I forgot. I forgot about his run. Um, so th- this is doubled this in price this week, uh, up to forty to forty-five dollars. Stunning cover, 
Um, just doesn't seem to be extremely available at the moment. You might still be able to find this one though, as it wasn't an incentive, um, but may have had some qualifiers to order. <laughs> yeah, Maybe. We just heard some, <laughs> some of those. Yeah. Please comment if you know for sure. Take it, this as a comment. I know for sure. <laughs> here's the um, Marvel Tales Miles Morales number one, Josh Way, one in 50 variant I'd mentioned last week, saying I wasn't sure if this was one of those Miles covers that was going to pop with people. Well, it is selling for $100 plus, so enough people like it that there must be some appeal there. Miles on the cover, when you get his face, people seem to dig it sometime. And at rank 10, we have Spider-Man Unlimited number one. Uh, this is written by Tom DeFalco with Ron Lim. I remember this book. I had, there were stacks of these in dollar bins. Uh, was 10 to $15 uh, with $175 9.8s. Now there's 20 to $30 with $225 9.8s. Um, most people thought the Venom 2 trailer looked pretty good, and when a character shows up in a trailer like Shriek, there is always added interest. Yeah, just the, the um, Maximum Carnage set itself is always a huge seller if you're, you know, out digging in bins oh, yeah. and you see random issues at good prices, just snag them and wait till you can complete a set, and then that, that's a good turnaround. And it's a good, it's a good run too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, in the honorable mention category, we have The Me You Love in the Dark, number one, the Scotty Young, one in 25 variant. Uh, it's going for $35 plus, not a huge jump. Um, tons of store variants for this one. Some of them are incredible. This might be the next Stray Dogs. And the I, old I can tell school... you I don't think it will be the next Stray Dogs for the simple fact of how many were pre-ordered because it's Scotty Young. And that's what drove yeah. Stray Dogs, especially Stray Dogs number one through the roof, was the very small print run. And the old school comic is Silver Streak number two to 10 center. Uh, this is a 1.8 with a detached cover that sold for $2,300, which is 80% higher than what a copy in grade sold for last year. It's, I don't, what's the appeal here? Just old, just an old comic? Uh, it's an old demon comic. Demons on covers tend to demon. always drive up prices. Demon. Yep. Demon covers. Okay, so I did not know that subset. There you go. Yeah. So, like, you're, when you look at those old, you know, non-superhero covers, they're, they can be influenced by a couple of different things. Um, cover artists is a big one, so, like, Schomburg covers are always you know in demand uh bondage covers are always in demand and yep. then demons nazi covers demons tend to be a very big one because they were just the art really pops on a lot of them um so those are those are kind of the the biggies to go for and then yeah you see you see nazis on on covers too when you get around wartime but yeah fun fun stuff fun subgenre now let's take a look at a uh, sneak peek at next week and let's see what Lunar has when it comes to uh, DC items. Well, they've got a Batman 89, number one. That looks pretty good. Is it, 
Am I just uh, all nostalgia geeky um, because I want I'm looking forward to reading this, or, or is anybody else interested in this? There's a number of people interested, is, is and it, it could be a lot of it just being the nostalgia. But there's you're not the only one. Do you you bring in a ton? That's yes. Sore? Yeah. There's the uh, Batman Urban Legends number six cover C Edge of Curry. Variant, very nice. Let's see here. And then, of course, uh, I I marvel at all of the uh, Lieber Mayo cover bees. He does a great he does great work. I I love yeah, this. Yeah, he does. So good. So that's Detective Ten Forty One. I don't know. I just don't know why they don't pop. I don't know why they don't pop. Um, I've I buy a handful of them and and I just assume that they were going to go nuts, but people don't seem to gravitate to them like I do. Uh, you know, I think I wouldn't be surprised if at some point they do just because the, there is a real I don't know what's the right way of putting it. There's an appeal to the covers. There really is. Yeah, yeah. And the Dan Mora cover A is not too shabby. Oh, no. More Batman special editions for free comic book day. You take a look at that. Suicide Squad free comic book day book. So you'll get those, but we won't get those, right? Oh, no, that it's coming up, isn't it? Yeah, 14th. 14th. It's going to be weird not being in May, but. I will get all my books. That's pretty sweet. <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> my order was placed back in December. You shall get your books. <laughs> and King Shark on the cover of... Uh... Is that right? Is that who that is? Is that King Shark? There are other sharks. I got distracted. Suicide Squad King Shark. What else do we have here? Hardware Season 1, number 1 of 6 uh, launches. How did, did Static sell for you at yeah, all? Yeah, Static sold really, really well. That's good. That I am Batman Zero... I instantly have to check out the Derek Chu cover. That's it's nice. Cool. Dave Wilkins is really good too. I like the electric blue. Is uh, Joker a limited series or not? Uh, no, Joker is an ongoing. Okay, well, we need to get through the storyline then. Hopefully this does it. Got Nice House on the Lake with a third printing for number one, and the cover continues to get kind of ripped and shredded back. And then right behind that, we have Pennyworth number one. Yeah, that's cool. I'm, I'm I never, interested in I never in saw the uh, show. Did you watch the show? On, I, was it FX? I maybe? did not, but I, I kind of like the spy uh you know james yeah. bondy kind of stuff so i'll i'll probably be checking that one out 
Rorschach's getting close to the end with a 11 of 12. And Wonder Woman. Good stuff there, too. Yeah. All right, let's slide over to... Previews World. Diamonds. Yeah, Previews World. And take a look at what Image has coming up. Six issue of A Man Among Ye. We got Bitterroot. Silver Coin, number five. Six Sidekicks, number three. That was fun. The first two were good, good issues. I enjoyed those a lot. <clears throat> ah, yes. In Dark Horse, we have Masters of the Universe Revelation, number two. This series has been a, a big favorite of folks, and it's obviously the prequel to the upcoming Netflix show, so... That's definitely a big one for folks to get. Is that the Kevin Smith yes. thing? Yes. And then we have the number one issue of Unbelievable Unteens World of Black Hammer. And this is Jeff Lemire and Tyler Crook. IDW has Star Wars High Republic Adventures Monster Temple Peak. Monster, the Monster of Temple Peak, number one, a four-issue miniseries. Is this promise to have anything new and exciting in it? Uh, Ty York in her first comic appearance. Here you go. I mean, I don't know who Ty York is, but... Sounds this expensive. Is, this is her this is her first... <laughs> smells like money to me. Star Wars High Republic uh, Adventures. The Monster of Temple Peak. This could be the longest sneak peek <laughs> pick <laughs> of all time if I pick it. <laughs> Temple Peak. Jesus, that's a long one. Holy moly. Let's see, Marvel has uh, the Avengers Tech-On, number one of six. Black Cat's annual went to his second printing. Yes. That doesn't happen a lot. we have here defenders number one of five is it Al Ewing doing this yeah oh dang it that's right I forgot they don't show you ratio variants well not on the site that I'm on you might have access to that sort of thing. Well, yeah, I just, uh, if you go under new releases and then go to new printings and variants, it's there all mixed and matched in there. Then there's this Star Wars High Republic number eight. 
which is the one you had um, mm -hmm. mentioned. Let's see here. X-Men Legends has been a, a strong seller for us. We've got issue six coming out. And a lot of people look forward to that every, uh, every oh, issue. What's the appeal? It's just a well-done book? Yeah, it's Peter David, so obviously there's some good provenance uh, there as far as the X-Men stuff goes. and uh, I think people just kind of like the nostalgic feel. Mm, nice. Dynamite gives us uh, plenty of Betty Page. A lot of Kiss Phantom Obsession. And there's a photo variant, which would be fun. I used to think Kiss were pretty cool, dude, back in the day. <laughs> what else we got here? Um, Boom's kind of got some ongoing stuff with fourth issue of Eve, the second issue of Mamo, Mighty Morphin 10, kind of keeping their ship a rolling. What else we got? Let's see what's in the back half here. Blood Skulls and Chrome number two. From Second Sight, um, the first issue was a quick sellout for us. Oh, good. Yeah, kind of a biker biker gang book kind of thing. Folks really seem to be drawn in by the cover. Uh, Aftershock gives us Campisi number one. And uh, BMS is giving us Cinnamon number one. It's a three-issue series. He's your perfectly ordinary average house cat. Yeah, he looks looks, looks crazy. <laughs> like most house cats. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, well, it's, we have Gin Hunter number one from Black Box. That's a pretty cool cover. Cosmos is in chaos. What is it? What is a gin again? Is it like a Some sort of a um, the only word that's coming to mind is sprite, and I don't think that that's the right term. Um, like magical power. Yeah, it's like all that's coming into my head is like wood nymph and a sprite, but that's not right. Yeah. A lot of manga. Laurel and Hardy meets the Three Stooges. Oh, that's a CGC. <laughs> Forget it. Heavy Metal gives us Never Never Number Two. Yeah, boy, that first one was a $30 book right off the bat. Oh, it's a great yeah. cover. Holy cow. Yeah, their wow. stuff sells pretty as well. That, I, I don't know if we had that cover when we put our order in. Maybe we did, and I just saw it, you know, two uh, inches tall. I don't remember it. Dang. I don't remember it. It's nice, yeah. isn't it? It's going to sell well. Yeah, Heavy Metal is really, really coming into it. I, I know Tim Seeley jumped in um, to the editorial seat 
Uh, and I, I don't know if that's part of it, but boy, they've really been turning out some killers lately. And for those of you that want to... It just to, seems like they have, they're more prolific. I was going to say, those of you that want to find something uh, pretty crazy price-wise, take a look at Heavy Metal 300 on eBay. Any cover. So they just go nuts? Uh, you won't see it. You won't believe it unless you see it. Well, I'm just going to have to go now. You should. <laughs> Don't worry. You're not going to tell I'll, me. I'll keep the mic warm while you're looking. <laughs> Let's see. For those Pokemon fans, we have Pokemon Sword and Shield Volume 1. <clears throat> yeah, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> like two, they're all 200 plus. Yep. Golly. So if anybody out there sees a heavy metal 300 in the wild, no matter what cover, just grab it. it. Well, uh, that's, I don't know. It's a weird week. Yeah. Not, not a ton of stuff. Ooh, Space pirate captain Harlock uh, number three coming up from a blaze. That's a, that's been a very strong seller for us as well. And white number two. A blaze is doing some good stuff. Yeah, I'm ignoring that one. I know you are. I, I'm taking. I'm pouting. I, I, I'm gonna take my ball and go home. Uh, I can't let it end on that. So I have to find something else. We have to. We can't go out with you pouting. <laughs> skip and loafer volume one. There. I don't know what that is, but we have a skip and loafer volume one. And that should make you smile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I will, as the guest, I'll give you first dibs on picking uh, your sneak peek of the week. Your pick of the week. Oh, whatever it is. Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Um, ooh, boy, this is tough. Um, it's a, it is tough. It is tough. Am I allowed to pick ratio variants or not? No. I'm. Hmm. I'm being pulled to something we didn't even talk about. All right, I'm going to make it easy okay. on myself. I'm going to go with never, never number two. Never, never, number two. I, yeah. But my, my sleeper I like... is Daredevil 33. And why is that? I don't know. I just have a feeling. But you don't... Okay. I... What does the solicit say? What sparked that? Um, or is it just the, the look of it? The look, it says, Lockdown continues. Electro faces her greatest challenge as Daredevil... Uh, as a serial killer is on the loose in Manhattan and killing innocent people, but even the deadliest assassin in the Marvel Universe is at somewhat of a loss because this killer can be in more than one place at one time. A team, a mutant, or something else entirely. Whoever, whatever they are, they have a thirst for blood, and Electra will put herself directly in their sights. I don't know. It's just something with the A cover looks important. Wow. 
Well, I'm going to go with uh, Star Wars High Republic Adventures, the monster of Temple Peak number one of four. (coughs) And I'm going to run out of characters. I'm not going to be able to put this on Twitter. (laughs) But that's my pick. And Eric, um, once again, appreciate you very much for filling in. And thank you for jumping on and and helping us out um can uh, how can they reach you oh man they want to reach out and get on the yeah get on the the mailing list yeah if you want to get added onto the mailing list um you can i think you might still have the link for the form in the show notes I do. but if that yep. proves to be difficult or you just want to skip it uh you can email me eric eric at calabungacomics.com and that's probably the quickest and easiest way. I would encourage everyone to uh, look us up on Facebook. We are Cowabunga Comics, or I think it's facebook.com slash Incredicow. Um, I am, yeah, I think cow is with a C on that one. That would, We inherited all of this, so it's kind of a mishmash. But um, you can look us up on Facebook, and you'll get you know up-to-date information on if there's new stuff that's coming into the store uh we got new collections we've got like this weekend when this episode goes up you'll be listening to it going damn it i didn't realize that the john jackson miller signing was happening at cowbunga comics on saturday from noon to three but it is uh you know (laughs) but you'll get to see stuff like that and then the other thing is if you have a passing interest in seeing what exclusive covers we have uh available what team of team variants are available from DC and what bad idea comics are currently available. You can head over to shop and check those out. Fantastic. All right. We want to thank you all for listening and we will talk to you next week. See ya. Bye-bye.